Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. Our true reality, celebrating who we really are, celebrating uh, what Christ has done because you know, the cross was only part of it. Um, that's not all He came to do. He came to, to give life, to give His life and uh, to give us that divine nature. So Second um, Peter 1 verse 4, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And that's also why we give. Because we are not lustful for things and more and more and more and in the consumer mentality way. But we give because we have a divine nature. And the divine, divine nature is a, a nature that gives. For God so loved the world, the divine that He gave. Uh, it just comes natural. It's not limited to 10%. It's not giving to get. It's give because we've got. It's give because that's who we are. And it's giving because that's part of partaking. And that's such a beautiful way for us to all be together in this. And whether you can give a rand or ten rand or a thousand rand or ten thousand rand, we all partake. That's the beauty of it. It's, it's open to anyone. The, the kingdom economy is really open to anyone because anyone can partake in that. And um, I know we don't speak about it often, but we're going to speak about it more. Because it's really one of the ways in which we partake. And as you, you give your treasure, your heart follows. So as a pastor, it's good for me to speak about giving. Not because I get some of the money. No, because you get... To steer your heart. Because where your treasure goes, there your mind will be, there your heart will be, there your focus will be. If you give into the Albania trip, you're going to notice the updates. You're going to pray when there's a request. You're going you're to have a different unction to pray more fervently. And all of that is good for the kingdom, it's good for the mission, and uh, it's good for what we're busy with. So, we are putting to a close our series on a true reality. I'm a little bit sad about it because I've really been enjoying it. But uh, we need to move on to other things. So, yeah, we are looking at 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. And we're looking at really what Jesus said, that if the Holy Spirit comes, He's going he's gonna to tell us more. And uh, Jesus wanted to tell us Himself, but He said you can't, because you can't understand it, because you have not yet had the Spirit. So John 16 gives us that. So now we know that after the cross, after the resurrection, after the ascension, after Pentecost, the outpouring, things change. No, things don't change. Things are revealed that's already been there. Because the Holy Spirit shows us what was promised from the beginning. And that's where we need to be careful, because people read the Old and the New Testament, and they think it's two different, two different things. And recently on, on mission in the streets of Stellenbosch, we spoke to a Sangoma, and he had exactly that mindset. He said, oh yeah, you take the second, the second covenant because it's more comfortable. Now there's a lot of... There's a lot in that statement because it speaks about greasy grace. It speaks about these statements around um, it's, uh, it's Christ, not me, or I'm one with Him. And, 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 and like it, it, it's so beautiful what he said, actually, because it's so true and so not true. It's so true because it's not about me. It can never be me. It's all about Jesus. But it's so untrue because it's nothing different from what was promised in the old. So it's not bringing something new. It is revealing what was. And that's really the job of the Holy Spirit. It's not bringing a new doctrine, because even the Word says that we should be wary of strange doctrines. Strange, then, the Greek is changing and entertaining. Changing and entertaining. So, there's nothing new under the sun. Amen? So, there's no new doctrine. 
a new word is just a revelation of what was already there from the foundation of the earth. And uh, join us on Monday nights for more. 2 Corinthians 5.15 And he died for all, that they which live should henceforth live not unto themselves. Okay, so you're invited to the much more life, and the much more life is not for you. The much more life is when you stop living for yourself. Some people share a gospel that's not that. Come to Christ and you'll have everything you ever needed. Come to Christ and you'll have overflow. Yes, you'll have overflow in the Spirit. Amen? There's no promise that you'll have overflow of money. Some of us will and then that's fine. Give it into the kingdom. Some of us won't and that's fine. Take heart, cheerful, rejoice. In this world you will have trouble. How do we overcome the world? Not by money, but by our faith, the Word says. I like it. We're going deep quickly this morning. We live not unto ourselves, but unto Him which died for them. But guess what? He's not dead. He rose again. What a verse, verse 15. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yes, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him no more. Christ is not in the flesh. He's in your flesh. Okay, you can't see Jesus of Nazareth anymore. He's nowhere to be found. He's resurrected, ascended. If you want to know what Jesus looks like, read Revelation. And yesterday we learned, read the end of Revelation. <laughs> the eighth scene. If you want to know more about that, speak to me and we'll see if we can get you some of those recordings. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Man, that's not man, that's person. Okay, Remember the King James is sexist. <laughs> Ladies, it includes you. If any person, any human being is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that's sort of been one of the benchmarks of these uh, last uh, six Sundays where we've shared on our true reality is what is new. And the Word says everything is new. So not just your Sunday program is new. You used to go to the beach, now you go to church. Well, that's new, but that's not everything. And what does everything mean? Guess what? I looked it up in the Greek. It means everything. Okay. Everything is fresh and new. Your purpose, your destiny, your identity, who you are, where you go, how you live, what you live for, what you live by, what you eat. Because man will not live by bread alone, but by every word. What you wear. And we'll look at that this morning. Because even right back in the garden, people tried to clothe themselves with fig leaves. And immediately God showed up and says, guys, this is not going to work. And what does he do? He makes them clothing of skins. So there's a sacrifice and then there's a covering. And that's the story of salvation. There's man's effort trying to cover up our nakedness. Who told you you were naked? No, we realize that ourselves. Okay, let me fix it for you. That's a loving father. That's who God is. Sacrifice, covering, and now we can live and let live. Galatians 6.15 from the New Living Translation this time says, It doesn't matter... Whether we have been circumcised or not. And all the men said, Amen. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation. The King James says a new creature. So what really happens, what counts, what matters, is nothing about the flesh. Remember, that's the point I'm making. We just said we don't consider anyone according to the flesh. We consider Christ according to the flesh. And even Jesus, that's the best flesh. Huh? Who's got the best flesh? Who had the best flesh in history? It's Jesus. And even that's not good enough to consider. You're looking at me now, but we just read 2 Corinthians 5, 16. It says we don't consider Christ according to the flesh. 
And now Paul writes in Galatians 6.15, he says, guys, it doesn't matter, the flesh doesn't matter. What you do to the flesh, whether you cut it off or you don't cut it off, whether you withhold or not withhold, whether you indulge or not indulge, it doesn't matter. What really matters is that you are transformed into a new creature, a new creation. And he's just echoing what 2 Corinthians 5, 16 and 17 says. It's not about the flesh, verse 16, it's about the new creation. Now he says it again in Galatians 6, 15. Back to Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. And all things are of God, who hath, past tense, reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation, the serving of reconciling people with God. The meal is prepared. It's lamb, by the way. It's good lamb. It's the best lamb. It's the most tiny lamb we, le- we learned yesterday. But it is done. It's news. It's not going to be. It's not prophecy. The gospel is not prophecy. The gospel is news. It has happened. Yes, we can work and we can have faith and we can operate in the gift of prophecy. But it's got nothing to do with Jesus if you prophesy. It is about how Jesus will manifest in and through people if they make the right decisions. And if they agree and respond to the invitation of that prophecy. We're covering a lot of ground this morning. To know. Let's go back to verse 18. Just feel to park there. What is our ministry? It's the ministry of reconciliation. So if we prophesy, what is our ministry? Our ministry remains the ministry of reconciliation. So when you prophesy... Make sure that it serves the ministry of reconciliation. Our ministry is not healing, but if healing helps people to be reconciled to God, it's a good idea. But if you celebrate healing without the reconciliation, you're not doing the ministry. You're doing something else. You're doing spiritual shenanigans. You're a circus Christian. You're doing things for show. Okay, word of knowledge. Is that a ministry? Healing. Finances, deliverance, let's go, let's go all the way. Deliverance is not a ministry. People need to be delivered. But it's the ministry of reconciliation. So when we deliver people from demons, and I've done that, make sure that you connect them to Christ. Your ministry is nothing but reconciling people to God. And now He gives us a tool set. He gives us the Spirit. He gives us power. He gives us healing power. He gives us raising from the dead power to do ministry. But the ministry is reconciling. The ministry cannot be fleshly and carnal because we just built that foundation that we don't consider the flesh. The problem is other people, your hearers, your receivers, they consider the flesh because they haven't yet gone over to the other side. The veil hasn't been removed. So if healing is in the way, deal with the healing so that you can get the Spirit into them. That's really how it works and it simplifies things because the Word says, as um, what Paul says, I, I, um, I fear for you that as the snake has beguiled Eve, so you will draw, be drawn away from the simplicity of the Gospel of Christ. It's a, it's, a, it's a loaded statement. But it's actually so easy because if we just... It's like fake money. You can, you, can, you can go and you can look for all the fakes. And you can train people in all the different fake money. Underground notes. Look out for this, look out for this, look out for this. Or you can just give them the real thing. And that's actually what they do. They give them the real thing and they say, get to know the real thing. And then you'll know the fake when it shows up. I just give you Christ. 
Jesus simplified. But the resurrected, ascended, at the right hand of the Father, spiritual Christ. And then all other things you should be able to discern. I don't want to speak on discernment. I've already spoken about deliverance this morning. Let's move on. To know that God was in Christ. God was in Christ. God didn't send Christ to do His dirty business. God came down as the anointed, into the anointed, into the flesh, reconciling the world unto Himself. How did He do it? Not imputing or not accounting their trespasses unto them and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So we have a ministry. What is our ministry? The ministry of reconciliation. Guess what? We have a word. We have a message. We have a gospel. What is our message? What is our word? What is our gospel? The gospel of reconciliation. So it makes sense, doesn't it? That the ministry is supported by the message. Because sharing the message is the ministry. And that's how people get born again. They get born from above through the incorruptible seed of God, which is the word. 2 Corinthians 5.20 now says, Now then... So he builds up, and he says, based on everything I've just said, now then. So what does he do? He's going to make a conclusion. We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. You see, the thing about ambassadors, they don't have office hours. They're always on. They're always ambassadors. So you can't be a Sunday Christian. You're a Christian. You're an ambassador. You're a reconciler. That's who you are. That's your ministry. That's your identity. Your ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Sometimes we share the gospel, we shake the dust, and we say we've done our work. The word says we must plead with people. Have you have you played? Have you played? I don't know if that's a word. Are you pleading with people? Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Why? How? Because Christ came. Guess what? Have you heard? Have you heard? It's not about what you must do. It's about what He has done. It's not about what you need to change. It's about what you're missing out on. It's about the Spirit of God living in a man. It's about Him coming to to deal with all your sins. Guess what? Not just your sins, the sins of the whole world. But receive. 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 Listen. Hear. Understand. Believe. Receive. Why? For He has made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God Where in Him. Your righteousness is positional. It's in Christ. No condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. It's positional. It's all about that. You're a new creation. Where? In the new creation. In Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17. We've just looked at. So, that's the end of of, of 2 Corinthians 5. And we used to jump into verse 17. And now we've learned that 16 is quite good. So, we've gone back. And this morning we've gone back to 15. But what's the context? What's the context of this word? So it says in verse 1 of 2 Corinthians 5, and you should actually go back to read 1 Corinthians 1 verse 1, but for time's sake we won't go hold that back. We're just going to go to the start of the, the chapter. It says, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, so he's talking about the flesh, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So last week we looked at what was the purpose of the flesh. And now Paul is expanding on that. And he says, listen, this house, this this earthly tent is going to be destroyed. How much of our lives are we focused 
and of our money and of our time on a flesh that's going to be destroyed. And I'll give you some verses that will uh, wake us all up this morning. But we have something more, not made with hands. It's from God. It's eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, in this body we have pains, we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. So there's a desire for us to get out of this place. Anyone with me? Don't be so holy. Yes. <laughs> we know we have work to do, that's why we're still here. But it will be much easier if it was just us and Jesus. Amen? But we live a purpose. Paul says, if I stay, it means opportunities for Christ. I love that translation. So we have opportunities for Christ. Therefore we stay. Therefore we labor. Therefore we labor more abundantly. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Amen? But we have an earnest thing, desiring, as the New King James here says, to be clothed. Now that's what we're looking at this morning. Is The title of my message is Putting on Something New. Putting on Something New. Remember I said your food changed. Now your clothing is changing as well. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. Now Paul comes up with these ideas about clothing and nakedness. Where does it come from? Genesis 3. Who told you you were naked? See, so what Christ has done, Christ has come to solve the eternal problem. Christ has come to solve the problem of Adam and Eve in the garden. And Romans 5 says it clearly, that what Adam lost, Christ so much more regained and gave. But this is speaking about the conscience. Because no one there, I believe, it wasn't a nudist camp that he was writing this letter to. Because that will be fleshly. That's carnal. But in your spirit, you can feel naked. In the inner man, you can feel vulnerable, exposed. And then sometimes when we have things that we're ashamed of, that's the things we want to hide. We keep it in the closet. And we, we, we feel naked. We maybe feel exposed if people find it out. But it says, if indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. So he says, there's a clothing that you're going to get, and then you won't feel naked. So what we're doing is in religion is we're covering up with fig leaves. But we're earnestly desiring the covering that comes from God, that comes after the sacrifice. Because you never again see Adam and Eve worry about what they're wearing or whether they're naked or not. But that's fleshly, that's carnal, that's physical, that happened. They were naked, they wore fig leaves, now they wore leather. Pretty good. But the story is deeper because it's not about the flesh, it's about the spirit, the eternal side of things. Solving the problem that was caused by Adam in Genesis. Verse 4, for we who are in this tent. What is a tent? It's your body. It's temporal. Abram dwelled in tents. Why? Because he had a spiritual view. He knew what that was coming was better. Something substantial. Something that will stay. For we groan in this tent, being burdened. Not because we want to be unclothed. Not because we want to be getting rid of this. No. But further clothed. That really spoke to me. We know what we got is okay, but we know there's more. We know Christ is in us, but we know He can come out more. And that's sort of the maturity that we're walking in. We want to be further clothed. Why? That mortality may be swallowed up by life. What a, what, what a piece of scripture that I've never preached on. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's like, we know what we have is okay, and we're thankful. And, 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 and the word says in Hebrews 13.5, be content with what you have. But we know what, what is coming is so much better. 
He says, so that we don't want to unclothe this body. No, we rather want to be further clothed. We want to go further into the plans of God. Further into the eternity. Like Jesus was resurrected, but when He ascended, He went further into the plans of God. And when He took back the keys of hell, and when He poured out the Spirit of God, He went further into the destiny that was to be His, and now is ours. We want to go further. We want to get more clothed. And this is so important because there's many verses where it says, putting on the new man. Putting on the new man. Putting on the new man. Being clothed with Christ. It's so beautiful. Now it says, verse 5, Now he who has prepared us for this very thing. Woo! You've been prepared for what very thing? To be further clothed with Christ. You are ready. It's been measured. It's like a, it's a tailor fit. You've been prepared like a bride prepared for a wedding and the wedding dress. You've been prepared to put on Christ. Not to just deal with the current and give you a, a born again experience. No, to born into something new, born from above, born of God, born of the Spirit, new creature. You see, we have been prepared to live from the and through the Spirit. That's what he's saying. You've been prepared to live from the Spirit, to live through the Spirit, to live in the Spirit, to let the Spirit flow from within you. You've been prepared for this. So guess what? The whole world is groaning because they're not living according to their intended purpose. If you take a Formula One car and you go onto Helderberg Pass, there's going to be some groaning. There's going to be some moaning. There's going to be damage. It's not going to work. And a lot of people feel like that. I feel like I'm in the wrong body. I'm a man caught in a woman's body. Now you're not prepared to live as a man in a woman's body. You're prepared to live in the Spirit. So you will not be content with just living in this life. And now people put symptomatic um, diagnosis, if you will, to the discontentment which they have in the flesh, and where's why they were never meant to live in the flesh from the start. While we're in this, gender fluidity. Now we're going for it. Why is that a thing? Because in the spirit, there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. But the world cannot live into the spirit. So now they want gender equality, which is only possible in the spirit, but now they destroy that, they corrupt that, and they bring it into the flesh. It's nothing new under the sun. It's a yearning for eternity, because in our hearts is eternity, and it's written in the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes. And then Galatians says there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. So it's a yearning for putting on Christ for what they were intended to be, but without the spiritual truth to help them see it's not in the carnal. Because we don't consider the carnal, we don't consider the flesh, we live in the spirit. Does that help anyone? I shared it with the pastor the other day and he thought I was smoking something. <laughs> you know why? Because they're preaching to the flesh. They're not preaching spiritual truths. Because you guys have been matured and you're walking with me in the spiritual journey, I can, I can deal with that. And now we see that when we deal with people who are going through those struggles, we don't condemn them in the flesh. We don't even need to consider what they do in the flesh, but we need to draw them into the reconciling ministry of who they are in Christ. Because in Christ there's neither male nor female, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free. 
but it goes on and says, but we are all one. You see, so it's a, it's a, it's a corrupted world that has a yearning for more, but they don't realize that more is in the spiritual realm. They've been prepared for more. We've just read it. In our hearts is eternity. Adam and Eve was meant to live forever when they ate of the tree of life. But they didn't. So they corrupted things. And now they were naked. And now God says, I'm restoring that. Now He has prepared us for this very thing. Who? God. And He's given us the Spirit. The Spirit as a guarantee. Meaning, not you're going to get a new Spirit. Just you're going to get a new body. Amen? Not good news for everyone. I'm very glad. <laughs> I'm over 35, so I'm starting to look forward to my new body. Amen? If you're not sleeping a lot, two little boys in the house, looking forward to your new body. The one who won't grow tired. So, Colossians 3. Colossians 3 verse 9 says, Lie not to one another. Okay, we're not going to preach on that this morning, but it's there. Why not? <clears throat> lie not? Why not? A lot of people speak about the lie not. But I want to speak about why not. Okay? Lie not to one another. Why? Because seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man. You don't need to lie anymore, guys. Girls, ladies, gentlemen. We don't need to lie. Why? Because that was the old man. But the new man is not a liar. The new man that you are, the new creation, is resurrected. It's reconciled. It's righteous. It's justified. It's one with God. It's holy, it's perfect, it's complete. So you have put on the new man. Now the put on there, I, I, I just had to go dig there. It means like when you're sinking into like luxurious clothing. Like that, that if it's really winter and you bring this warm coat and you, you just feel that cozy covering and you're like, oh, this is so good. That's what it means to put on the new man. This is so good. Think about the prodigal son coming home. Being clothed with the robe of righteousness. Sinking into that identity as a son. Think about Joseph with the multicolored robe, which is linked to the, um, the rainbow, which is the promise of God, of his goodness for all generations. Think about Joseph standing out saying, I'm the favorite. <sighs> Opening his eyes and seeing his brother's eyes. I'm, just close my eyes again. <laughs> Enjoy this time with God. Consider not the flesh. Consider not the flesh. <laughs> That's what it is. Because we are now clothed with Him. All those Old Testament stories point to someone. It points to Christ. It points to Him who further clothed us. Sinking into that garment. Meaning becoming less of you and more of Him. Less of the flesh, more of the Spirit. And we have put on that new man, past tense, which is renewed in knowledge. So it's, it's renewed, it stays fresh in the knowledge after the image of Him that created Him. I mean, I'm going to be honest, I don't understand all of that. Okay? But it is renewed, it's fresh, it is according to God. When the image of what you wear, you know people say, I owe the image. And it usually goes with what He wears. And whether it's brand labels or whatever, He's got an image. You and I, we have an image. We have an identity. We have a brand. And it's all Christ. You should walk like Christ. You should talk like Christ. You should live like Christ. You have been clothed with Christ. You are part of a team. You have a logo. It is Christ Jesus our Lord. You are walking like Him. You're renewed like Him. You're synced into Him. You are spiritual like Him. You are going to be living forever in Him, through Him, with Him, and like Him. Amen? 
That's some good news. I'm so, I'm so happy about that. I've got an image. But it's not my image. It's not my ego. My ego can die. Because as I get to know more about God, I realize who He is. That's why I like to feel small. Because I know my God is big. That's why I like to sink into, look under the mountains, sinking into my, my smallness. So that I know the one who's in me is so much greater. Being covered by His righteous robe. Amen. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. What's it all about? Christ. Remember, we started with lie not. I'm showing you why not. Because Christ is all and in all. Christ is what it's about. The Passion Translation says of verse 11, In this new creation life, your nationality makes no difference, or your ethnicity education or economic status they matter nothing for it is christ that means everything as he lives in every one of us i don't know about you i'm not there i want to be there i want to live there i want to stay there it's not about economic status it's not about things ethnicity is not what i come from my education it's about christ because you see that is that's such a, such a fair playground it's not about where you come from, where you were born. People say you're white privileged. I say, yes, I am. That's why I'm using it for good. Let's be honest this morning. There's people who don't have what we have. But we can build a Wendy house on Solaris Pass, which they can't. And they can use it for ministry. They can live amongst Rastas, Takupa, drug addicts. I don't like that word, Takupa, because it degrades humanity. But everyone is like that if we're not in Christ. We're not new creations. Paul said, my best works, my best efforts is like done. Therefore, I need Christ. The mystery revealed. Hope restored. Reconciled to God. He wrote something similar in Ephesians 4. And he says in verse 21, If so be that you have heard Him and have been taught by Him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conversation the old man, you need to stop doing what the old man has done. That's true circumcision. You've put off. You've cut off. And that now which is cut off is, is dying. It's vanishing. It's, it's, it's perishing. It's not going to be renewed. Because it's, it's carnal. We cut off the old man. Which is corrupt. I just showed you the corruption. How that manifests. Love and lust. Greed and, 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 and um, generosity. There's always this opposite to, to God's intent. God is gracious people become greedy. God is love, people lust. There's always this, this corruption that comes in. Which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Your spirit cannot lust. Your flesh can, and your soul can, your mind. But in the spirit, you're perfect. So we are not living in that part anymore. We're living in the new. Now it says it so beautifully in verse 23, and be renewed. In the spirit of your mind. So your mind needs to become spiritual. Everything is fresh and new. Be renewed in your thinking. No longer think against the old man. According to the old man with its lust. Now be renewed and think spiritually. The spirit of your mind. And that you put on. So there's a putting off. But guess what? You're not naked. You need to take off the fig leaves. Before you put on the skins. 
You need to put down the old self, the first Adam, before you take your place in the new Adam. You need to give over. You can't just give your heart to God. He wants all of you. Amen? He wants all of you. Like we pray, Father, bless the hands of those people who... Or bless the hands that prepare the food. I'm like, what about the rest of the person? <laughs> they need feet to stand next to the stove, don't they? You see, we, we need to just think about things sometimes. We need to know that we are created, and we need to know that we created new, fresh. So you are no longer the old man if you're in Christ, so live according to the new. Lie not? Why not? Because you're new. You're no longer a liar. You're not one with God. You're His righteousness in Christ Jesus. Amen? Put on the new man, which after God is created. How does it look? It's godly, it's righteous, and it's truly holy. And guess what? It's not works to put on. It is faith. You can't make it. That's fig leaves to cover your nakedness. No, you need to put on what Christ has given. Put on Christ. Put on the new man. Put off the old. Amen? The Passion says in verse 24, And to be transformed as you embrace the glorious Christ within as your new life and live in union with Him. For God has recreated you all over again in perfect righteousness. You've been regenerated, recreated, different, now perfectly righteous. And you now belong to Him in the realm of true holiness. You belong to God. Yes, we still make mistakes, we still struggle, we we have temptations, and we we maybe we're fighting the flesh and all those things. But guess what? You don't have to. It's not about doing less wrong. It's about embracing more who you are in Christ. It's a renewal of the mind of the Spirit. Not a renewal of the flesh and the works of the flesh. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So when you get your thinking right, and I've been preaching your identity now for six weeks straight. If you don't have it, Listen to these teachings again. Someone asked me they're going to minister to, to some gomas um, on a farm soon. What must they teach? I said, teach this. Because the Sangoma will tell you, I'm spiritual, you're not. I've got access to the spiritual realm, you don't. Liar. <laughs> Liar. Because the New Testament shows us that we are all spiritual. All in Christ. And yes, when we struggle with things... We have to forgive ourselves first. And then, as we've been forgiven, so we can forgive others. And now we renew our mind and we start living more. Not like who we want to become. No, but like who we are. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Does that help anyone? We have what God has promised. Just think about that. We're not waiting on a promise. We have what He has promised. Every promise is yes in Christ. And we add our amen. Just in closing, I want to give you just a few, I call it power verses. Isaiah 40 verse 5 says, And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Jesus came in the flesh, so that the flesh could recognize that God wants to live in the flesh. All flesh will see it together. 
And then some of us responded to that, what we saw, and got born again and became spiritual. And others didn't, but they still saw, and we still share. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So why polish something that's not going to be kingdom? Polishing the flesh is not taking it into the kingdom. It cannot inherit it. John 1.12 But as many as received him, to them gave he the power, the ability to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe. Not those who do, those who believe. What do they have? The power to become sons of God. How? By receiving. Once you receive from the life-giving spirit, the second Adam or Jesus, you become a spiritual being, a son of God. And you cannot move back to first Adam. You're born again. You're a new creature. You are born from the incorruptible seed, the word of God. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, which is carnal. We just saw that carnality breeds corruption. But of incorruptible, which is what? By the word of God, which lives and abides forever. This is such good news. We're not getting a fresh start. We're getting something completely new. We're not just cleaning up the, our acts and our flesh. Now we are now spiritual beings. And then it says in verse 24, For all flesh is as grass. <laughs> just to drive it home. And all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower fadeth away or falleth away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. This is the word, the gospel. What is that? It brings new life. It brings true life. It brings spiritual life. Remember, in God's eyes, there's only two types of people. Those in first Adam or carnal, fleshly, the dust men who are lost. And then those of us who are in Christ, the second Adam, the life-giving spirit who now have eternal life. There's only two sides. There's only two ways to do this life. Either you, you're part of first Adam and you're struggling by yourself and you're wanting to clean up your act. Or you become one with God and you become spiritual and you live forever. I trust that helps. I trust that condemns no one because that's definitely not the intent. The intent of my message this morning is to stir hope, is to show you what you've got in Christ, to show you how you can live in Christ, not how you should live. You don't have to live holy. But it's a better testimony if you do. Because you're already set apart. You're already separated. You're already righteous. Justified. If you believe. But now, we want to see everyone profit from this. You see, the word says, physical exercise profits of some. But spiritual exercise profits all. Paul is laughing at me because we spoke about this on Friday morning. And what I got from that recently is, Physical exercise is good, because if I'm healthy and fit, then my family profits from that. Or if I need to carry stuff up the stairs, or if you want to help us carry things down the stairs later on, it's good if you're fit and if you physically exercise, because it profits some of us. But if you're spiritually exercised, everyone you come into contact with will profit. It profits of all. Not just some of who you are, because it's all of who you are. And now you have Christ in you, the hope of glory shining brightly. And as you exercise yourself in the Spirit, as you pray in tongues, as you become aware of this righteousness, this new identity, now when you come into contact with people, you have a beaming light shining out of you. And like uh, someone in one of our kids' church leaders shared with me this morning, a total unbeliever asked her, what is it about you? 
And she says, it's not me, it's Christ in me. Amen? And she's now walking a, a road with that lady. And we trust that her whole family is going to come to Christ. Why? Because she's spiritually exercised. She's staying in the Word. She's focused on eternal. So can all of us. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, we thank you for this amazing series. Thank you for your amazing Word and the truth in that. Thank you that we get to, to dig into this gold, which is just understanding more of Christ in us. Father, we thank you for yeah, every person here right now. And I just, I just feel God coming over you and giving a hug, like a big papa bear hug. Like, sink into that hug. Be clothed with, with, with Christ in this moment. Just feel, feel Him cover you. Like Psalm 91 already spoke about it. Come in under His wing. Let Him cover your nakedness. Let Him cover your shame. Let Him cover the things you don't want to talk about or the things that you continuously talk about. The things you don't want to think about, the things you can't stop thinking about. Let Him cover that. Come in under His wing. He knows your struggles. He knows that you want to be different, that you want to try harder. It's not about that. It's about seeing yourself as God sees you. It's about living the life that God has planned for you. And yes, He said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. But take heart. Be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. Can we add that He has overcome the flesh? He has overcome the flesh, the first Adam. Everything that is struggling, God has already obtained victory. Everything that, that lust and the flesh and the carnal side is pulling us back into, God has given us so much more. Once you've experienced true love, then something like lust just goes away. Once you've experienced the true righteousness, then doubt and shame and, and all these things that we feel naked about, it's further clothed. It's renewed. It's fresh. 2 Corinthians 5.17, and we'll close the series with that, says, Therefore, if any person be in Christ, he is a new creature. New creation, the spirit being. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. Don't miss that part of the verse. Your past is gone. It's not past. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Let it go this morning. I just feel someone here. You need to let go of that. You need to unhook the trailer of your shame. And go on without it. Cast aside. Lay aside every weight. Hebrews 12. Lay aside every weight. I've never seen a Formula One car pulling a trailer. But we want to run this race of life often with our trailer of shame. Lay aside every weight. Even what you did wrong yesterday. That's in the past. Let it go. Because all things are new. Everything is fresh and new. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.